Hello, hello, and welcome to the Holistic Fitness Podcast, where you'll learn how to get your goals without burning out. I'm your host, Lori, and this show isn't just about movement and nutrition. You probably already know that exercise is important for your mental and physical health and well-being. It's also about stress management, mindset, shedding those limiting beliefs, and working through some of that childhood trauma while you're at it. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Cindy Sai who is an award-winning, board-certified physician, TEDx speaker, best-selling author, and wellness and life coach taking an integrative mind-body-spirit approach to helping accomplished women create alignment to live a healthy and meaningful life with ease. As a leader physician and a patient herself, she saw and experienced the impact of chronic stress on the body and was compelled to do more than just prescribe medications as a Band-Aid. Through her own healing journey, she explored and trained in a wide range of modalities and transitioned to entrepreneurship to make a bigger impact taking an integrative approach to wellness. Dr. Sai believes that everyone deserves to enjoy the life that they've worked so hard for, and it's time to say yes to yourself more and more. We dive into this this concept throughout our conversation and we touch on other topics such as stop shooting on yourself, connecting to your intuition, the importance of developing calm confidence and curiosity to become your own inspiring success story. And lastly, promoting mindfulness and awareness and self-compassion. I can't wait to share this conversation with you all. How are you going today, Cindy? I am doing well. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to have you, someone who A, is an MD, so I'm not to like drop assumptions onto you, very clever, knows your stuff, always excited, but also someone who shared this wide on on TEDx as well. Um, Your background is really impressive and I'm I'm so excited to dive into your brain today. Can't wait to share. (laughs) Yay. Um, So I am going to start this podcast the way I start every podcast I feel like anyone that gets into this wellness space where we're really trying to help people in a way that sometimes is conventional sometimes non-conventional there's some sort of backstory as to why you've decided to go on this specific path so can you tell me the context of what I need to know about you to know why you help people in this way today yeah I'm happy to talk more so for me ever since I was young I wanted to become a physician I was very health conscious. I would be drinking water as a kid, (laughs) just, you know, doing all the right things. And I was fascinated by the human body, biology, sciences. And so being a doctor just made a lot of sense to me in terms of being the best way to help people, you know, Mm -hmm. to be healthy and well. And so I was very focused and worked super hard going to all the top schools, Johns Hopkins, Dartmouth, Ivy League, like checked off all the boxes. Love that. (laughs) Everything, you know, looking good. And everything seemed to, you know, be going according to plan until when I was in residency training, this was like 10 years back where I woke up one day not being able to see. What? Yeah. And that's what I talked about in my TEDx talk. And how, I mean, how terrifying it was, right? Like the whole room looking dark and blurry and also going to different doctors and not having an answer. Yes. That was really frustrating, right? And, And to be on the patient side of things and even though labs looked fine, but then the prescription, my prescription increased threefold overnight. And 
the doctor being, you know, looking back at me and being like, you know, this is interesting. <laughs> like, you don't want to be interesting to a doctor. No. Okay. You want to be very clear and straight and like straightforward. Um, so, so basically what happened was, um, a, a week later, you know, other symptoms came up and, and I was finally got a diagnosis where I had a very rare autoimmune condition impacting my eyes that could have mm. led to full blindness. Jeez. And it really prompted me to slow down to really think about like what was going on in my life because we know that autoimmune conditions come from when there's a significant amount of inflammation in your body Mm. and it's your body kind of going against itself and so I had to pause and recognize that you know I was in residency training working super hard working nights and then during the daytime instead of sleeping, (laughs) you know, still like doing other things, raising my hand, volunteering, like all the things, checking off the boxes, drinking caffeine, stay awake. And then to get through my days and then at night be just so wrapped up, like not being able to sleep and all these things. And like all of it catches up with you, right. At some point. And so for me, it really helped me see that our body has its own intelligence Mm. and it talks to us, but we have to pay attention to these messages. Yes. And so for me, it really allowed me to dive deep into my own healing journey and looking at the root cause, bringing in integrative functional medicine mindfulness, coaching, biofield therapies, energy work, healing, like all the things, assembling my own team of practitioners, and thankfully was able to heal and recover. Wow. And I think, you know, from that experience, it really showed me that there are so many ways to be well. Mm. And a lot of times we're not even aware And I started practicing as a primary care physician and really enjoyed being able to help patients in their health journeys and, and, you know, build close relationships and all of that. But after a couple of years, I also realized I wanted to do more than just prescribe medications as a band-aid. Could you do more? I I guess I need to know more about what you, firstly, thanks for sharing your journey. That is such a good example of someone from that background of medication and wanting to help people be well and healthy, but then also having this journey of like, Ooh, doctors and medication, like this is awesome. But also there's this whole other thing that we're not aware of. And, and, and it is a little bit more holistic. I think like it would be awesome for me to have a doctor who a could be my primary care physician and provide me with the drugs I needed when I needed them. But then also if I was coming in, my labs were great, was like, you know what, maybe you need to focus on nutrition. Maybe you need to focus on intuition or something like that. Is that what you do today? Like, how do you blend that now? Yeah. So currently I help accomplished women with wellness and life coaching. And basically it's looking at mind, body, spirit, 
It's really empowering women with tools and resources so that they can really connect to who they are. Because I think the key, a lot of times we receive so much messaging and just our conditioning, society, you know, social media, culture, all the things about looking external Mm. for validation, for answers. And that was very much my own story and journey as a perfectionist and, you know, this good girl doing all the right things, you know, and I grew up in Taiwan and a traditional Chinese background and values, like all of those things, very much, very integral um, (laughs) to, to my experience growing up and that I've had to, and since been able to work through and process to coming to a point of being so much more grounded with who I am and being aligned with who you are and who you're meant to be. Mm. What did that journey look like for you? You, you? Being aligned with who you are and who you're meant to be. I can imagine, I know certainly for myself, like being a doctor, my parents would be so proud of me. Like how did that shift into life coaching and wellness from like being a resident and being a doctor go? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that especially um, in terms of my family, there's no one who's really an entrepreneur. Yes. (laughs) I didn't really have that around me, but I, I've really loved this experience since kind of diving into this world. And because I feel like I get to use a different part of my brain Mm. and it's really opened me up to so many possibilities and experiences and opportunities. Um, But I think that a lot of times people have this idea of who you are Mm. and it's this feedback cycle where you kind of, you know, it's almost like a dance where you do do, you know, what they're expecting you to do, what they think you're going to say and whatever. And then they do the same and all that. And when you, when one person, when one side decides to change, it can be really confusing and unsettling (laughs) for the people around you, your community and all of that. Yes. So I think for me, you know, it's definitely been a process and it's ongoing. Mm. I think what I really hope people can, can appreciate is that it's never done. Okay. It's not like there's one place to go and then that's all you're striving towards. Right. But it's really about being present. It's embodiment it's really in the being and experiencing right like that's what living is about Mm. and I think in our current world where it's there's so much going on so fast-paced so many distractions it's it's very noisy yes and so we often lose connection with ourselves and so I think for me really it's been so many things, so many thankful to have so many wonderful coaches, guides, healers, mentors, like all the things I've tried so many things. And and that's really what, like a lot of this is because I did it myself. And that's why I feel comfortable 
sharing, teaching, guiding others, right? Like I'm never going to say something that I haven't tried that I don't know if works or not. <laughs> um, but I think that it's also important to know as life happens, you will need different things mm. and different things will speak to you. And that's yeah. totally fine and to be expected. I think you hit on a really important point there. I think especially, I think a lot of people think like once I've healed, I should be fixed rather than knowing that the healing journey, like one trigger may not trigger you anymore, but you'll constantly be getting like more and more lessons to help the healing be even more deeply integrated within you. And I think like that's kind of growth mindset in itself. It's like, it's not cause and effect all the time. A lot of it is just like, layers upon layers upon layers (laughs) it really is I think especially in the coaching world a lot of times people talk about this onion or whatever right like peeling back layers and layers and I think that's really really true um and also just really knowing that it's a process yeah and I think a lot of times especially I know for myself being this high achiever, you know, I wanted things done like yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Relatable. (laughs) A lot of it has been for me to really learn and unlearn Mm. the the programming and, you know, a lot of the messaging and beliefs and stories I have held on to and then being intentional about where do I want to go? What does that look like? And giving myself permission to go after that too. Absolutely. I mean, yourself, you are a high achieving woman. You know, some of the things you've done externally are very, very much high achieving. And, and you mentioned the people you help today are high achieving women, uh, people that might maybe crushing it in corporate or whatever it is, they might be an athlete. Um, what are some of the common qualities or personality traits that you notice in these high achieving women that are potentially layers that you need to like help them peel back and unlearn a little bit? Yeah, definitely. So I think a lot of times these women are, um, there's this sense that they're living this life of should. Mm -hmm. And I should have done that. (laughs) This basically means, you know, there's this need to be and do more in Mm. all areas of your life, right? Like that's like that, that high achiever, overachiever. Um, And then they'll oftentimes experience guilt that's driven by obligation. Mm. (laughs) It's like, oh, especially moms, you know, I see like mom guilt is a really real thing. It's like, oh my gosh, right? Like I have to do that. I have to sign up for the bake sale. I have to like do all the things. Wow. And then there's definitely, you know, with people pleasing tendencies and a fear of disappointing others Mm. of like, okay, well, they're, I don't want to let them down. Like I've always done this. I've always hosted Thanksgiving in my house. Like I'm going to do this every year. Um, And then I think definitely women um, were so good at taking care of others that they're not prioritizing their own self-care and their own needs. Mm. And it's really detrimental because it's really this negative cycle where, you know, you get more and more depleted, right? Mm. And then I think I also see frequent comparison, but in a harmful way. 
Yes. Where you're like keeping up with the Joneses. You're like, oh, they're so-and-so is doing this or they're going there. And so like, I want to do that too. And I think part of that comes when, um, when you've just disconnected with yourself, you know, like when you don't really know what you want. So you're not really being fully authentic and aligned. Mm. Right. So you're kind of flighty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head with so many of those qualities that I think women have. And that's not to say that men don't have them, but I do feel as though like my day job, I'm a VP of customer experience for two different software companies, intense job, like navigating lots of different stuff. And I have the privilege of working with um, some amazing women at the VP level and at the president level as well. And what I see with women, even in these like high powered roles and and including myself is that we want to be everything for everyone, even when our cup's full, like, oh, I didn't serve my team member in this way well enough. Oh, I missed, I missed this deadline. And, And there's so much guilt all the time. So when you're working with like women like this, how do you kind of peel back the layers of that guilt and peel back the layers of those shoulds? Like, how do you start to heal that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a process, okay? <laughs> like anything. <laughs> um, but I think uh, it's helpful to think about shoulds as these um, inherited rules mm. from others, from culture, from society. And it's limiting you. Mm. Because I think the first thing is you have to first be aware in order to change something. And a lot of times when we are going so fast, like a hundred miles an hour, doing everything in all areas, we don't have that space to actually see what's going on. You know, we're like missing the forest or the trees, right? It's, it's like not actually, <laughs> um, we're not being present. Mm. And so I think the first thing is really recognizing that shoulds are very common but they're inherited okay like they're not yours Mm. and really recognizing that a lot of this actually the good news is that it comes from within like you are in control you know it's about really looking at some of the cobwebs that are in there (laughs) and clearing them away right and I think you know, um, it's moment by moment, it's little exercises, light bulb moments, it's practicing, implementing, it's having that support and accountability, right, and guidance, like all the things together, and continuing to really acknowledge and celebrate yourself. Mm. And I know in your work, right, a lot of times when we're helping people with behavior change, and for me, I I really focus on change on the identity level, Mm. right? Helping you reinvent yourself and be in alignment with who you are and who you're meant to be. Like, it's a process. Mm. And I like to talk about, always bring up the comfort zone (laughs) and how, you know, as humans, we want to be comfortable. Okay. Like just from a biology standpoint, we're wired for survival. Yeah. 
And survival in the olden days means, you know, staying safe and and not actually being eaten by a tiger, right? (laughs) Whereas these days, you know, we don't really have tigers chasing after us, but then it's been replaced by all the other things like social media, you know, constantly being plugged in to devices and traffic, like all the things that are bombarding us at all points. Mm. And so it's really important to learn to have that grounding to really reset your nervous system, your mind, your body, and to really create that space so that you can really be aware of what's actually going on so that you know what to change. Are you tired of constantly feeling burnt out while trying to achieve your goals? Do you find yourself struggling to maintain motivation and productivity over long periods of time? I'd like to introduce you to the Goal Getting Journal, the ultimate solution for those of you who want to surpass their goals without burning out. Our journal is designed to help you set achievable goals, track your progress, and maintain a healthy work-life balance. With our journal, you'll discover practical strategies for managing stress, staying motivated, and avoiding burnout, including time blocking, habit stacking, and so much more. You'll also learn how to prioritize your tasks and maximize your productivity so you can get more done in less time. The Goal Getting Journal is perfect for anyone who wants to achieve their goals without sacrificing their mental health and well-being. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a student, or just someone who wants to make any positive change in your life, the Goal Getting Journal can help you stay on track and avoid burnout. And for Holistic Fitness Podcast listeners, you can get 20% off your first journal using the code HFPODCAST. Go to goalgettingjournal.com and type HFPODCAST at checkout to get your discount. So what are you waiting for? Order the Goal Getting Journal today and start getting your goals without burning out. Yeah, that makes total sense. There's like quite a few things that you said just then that I'd love to dive into, but let's just start with what you just said. How do you, like, you know, from being a medical student, student, like how busy it gets, you know, you were struggling to sleep. Like, how do you help somebody that might be at the executive level or they may be a high performance athlete, somebody that actually does have a lot of stuff to do? How do you help them ground to reset and give them a space to be like, how do you just switch that mindset? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think first it's really important to have a very safe place to explore this Mm. because a lot of times we just want to dive in. We're like, tell me what to do. Right. Exactly. Yeah, And if you're at that level, you're like, give me the pill or give me the specific action. Give me the framework. And that's kind of what I'm asking. So you distill it for me. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I see this all the time, like clients, right. I'm like, okay. And, and I think part of it is very little tangible steps. Like it doesn't Mm. have to be really complicated and it's really a matter of simplifying. So for Mm. example, What are two things you can do for your physical self-care this week? Mm. Being very specific and also keeping it super simple. Yeah. And I think that can be a challenge in and of itself when you're working with high achievers. Yes. Because they're like, I want to do the five-day split program, not two things. (laughs) We're like... 
we're like, what? That's it? That's all you want me to do? You know? Yeah. Like, yes. And and I always say I have this um checklist that I like to share this tool with with clients. And I'm always like, look, I want you to put down something that's really gonna feel good. Okay. Mm. Because sometimes we also just put things down for the sake of it. You know, we're like, oh yeah, I know I need to exercise, so I'm gonna go to the gym, but not actually really enjoy it, right? Mm. And it's like, well, there are so many ways to move your body. You don't have to go lift weights if you don't, you know, like yeah. that works for you. Yeah. And so number one is really getting clear, right? Like what it is that you want to do, what's actually really going to be nourishing and then setting, you know, something tangible of like, okay, yeah. Especially if we're talking about like actual behavior change and actually being action oriented, like, okay, I will do this two times a week for this amount of time. And I always say to shoot for, we're not shooting for the moon. We're shooting for the basement. (laughs) Okay. Like keeping it super simple so that you for sure can do it Mm. because there's something about how we've really evolved as a society that we no longer trust ourselves. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. And shooting for the moon almost makes that worse, right? Because you're setting yourself up to fail before you start. Exactly. And we're like, oh no, I can go to the gym five times a week. And then mm. you look at your schedule and you're like, no, you can't. Like, you know? <laughs> and then you're like feeling bad because you're not doing what you said you were going to do. And then you force yourself like, that's like this whole pattern. And like, that's what leads to burnout and exhaustion and like guilt and all of this stuff. Mm. And so I always say like, we're keeping it simple. It's going to feel good to you. And we're building momentum, Mm. right? Because even though you just say you're going to the gym twice a week, if you have more time and you want to go, please go. That's fueling your spirit, right? That's going to really add to it. But Mm. if you say you're going to do something, really follow through so you can rebuild that trust with yourself. That's so important. And I also love how you added that extra layer of enjoyment as well. And and with my fitness side of things, that's a big thing. Like if you're just getting into a habit, yes, of course, weights training is going to be the best thing for you to build muscle. But if you don't enjoy it, do a static dance in your living room, like pole dance or surf, like whatever's going to get you moving. Um, You don't need to overcomplicate it before you've even started it. hundred percent. And I think sometimes that actually makes it harder when Mm. we are trying to, another thing I see all the time is like, we're trying so hard to get it right. Yes, exactly. We spend so much time in that analysis to get it right that we're diving into these niche, like, oh, I shouldn't have seed oils before we've stopped eating McDonald's. It's like, (laughs) I think it's, it's really detrimental because it really prevents us from taking the action we need to move forward and action is what's going to create clarity for you Mm. okay like just because you take action doesn't mean it's always going to be like what's what you want to do but it will show you and give you data and feedback that you can use to reflect and re you know realign like so that you can figure out what works for you Mm, I love that action is going to create clarity um 
a lot of the time it's taking action, even when you're kind of not very good at it, because that's either A, going to help you get good or B, help you receive feedback or C, you realize that that's actually not the thing for you. But, you know, regardless, action is is what's going to create that clarity. But you've said it in three words so simply. <laughs> Something else when you were speaking earlier is that you were mentioning when we were speaking about women, especially like women that are high achievers, you were speaking about there are certain rules from society. So what sort of rules do you think we've learned as women? Definitely a lot of different rules. I think about, um, for example, um, taking care of everyone, right? And and a lot of times putting ourselves on the back burner. Um, It's interesting because I actually, um, it's this expectation that we can wear all these different hats and do it well. Mm. And I I mean, I actually, this just happened when I I went out on a, um, this networking event recently, and this woman was asking another woman um, about, um, because she was there, um, she, she has young kids, and she was like, oh, is so-and-so babysitting? As in so-and-so, like her husband. Her husband. husband. <laughs> is her husband babysitting? Yeah. What, is he getting paid for it? <laughs> Jeez. Um, you know, the, the person who she was addressing was like, you know better than to say that. <laughs> He's being a dad. He's not babysitting. You know, and I, I think that a lot of these messages are just so ingrained. Yes. Oh, and also I think especially in corporate culture, um, because it's been such a masculine world that a lot of times women have had to um, conceal some of our strengths as in terms of our feminine energy and flow and all of that, right. To Mm. kind of fit into a box. And I think it can be, um, really stressful because you're not able to really be in your authentic self, Mm. you know? And I think it's just, um, this world we live in is so fast paced. It's very much about like doing, doing, going, going like nonstop, you know, all the time. And this idea of like needing to be productive all the time. The space for creativity is few and far in between. And and I like to work with my menstrual cycle as well. And sometimes I feel like, and I, I love my job, but I will say sometimes I feel like, especially when I'm like going through menstruation or something, it's like, I'm producing at the same rate right now, but I'm generating so much more energy to do so. Like, I really feel as though this was built around the male cycle, but I've got nothing to prove it. <laughs> it, it really is. And I think that that's why I'm so glad there are more and more women who are sharing. We are bringing awareness to this, right? And because I think women have been suffering in silence. I think so too. I should We've open this conversation up, up to it. <laughs> 
Yeah, I would love to like actually interview a 70 year old corporate woman on this to kind of like <laughs> to see actually you might have have you spoken to any older women and, and yeah, did well, they a, lot my are, a lot of my clients are actually you know in the the mid to late phase um and you know in terms of their careers and and whatnot and yeah I hear and see it all the time wow that must be that must be draining yeah and I think it also unfortunately hardens you Mm. because it didn't feel safe to be yourself. Mm. I think there's also this belief though of women in leadership positions as being like, sorry about the language, but bitchy or they're bitches or they're worse than the men. And I wonder if it's because the women have been conditioned to be that way or if, um, if like they're actually the same as the men, but being viewed in a different way. Um, and I disagree with that. I've actually like the, the women that I work with in leadership and in executive positions are incredible. They're not assholes. They're, they're amazing. They bring their nurturing energy to the table. And I think they definitely have that healthy balance of masculine and feminine, but especially from like Gen X, I hear from people Gen X and boomers that, that that's the way that that women operate in business which I personally disagree with yeah I think it is definitely a reality mm. based on the circumstances and the situations that they've been in and just the environment right that mm. they were going through and I think it's really unfortunate because it is such a fine line. And I think women are really not given enough credit. And um, that's why I'm just so, so motivated by helping women rise. Yes. And I love that you're helping women in that way as well, because we need to support each other and we need to like be less hard on each other too, because I I feel like the world is hard enough on women. Um, So let's like be kind to each other. (laughs) And and I think what's interesting is um, I think a lot of times um, as women, um, you know, we're, we're held to the standard that's unrealistic. Mm. And so I think it's also important for us to really be vulnerable about our own experiences Mm. and being an example of what's possible and to model that behavior, Mm. right? It's, I did a reel recently about how, you know, like people look at my life and they're like, oh, you know, you look like you have it all together and figured out. And I'm like, okay, it might look that way, maybe. (laughs) But the reality is I don't. Yes. There are days that are very long and challenging and all the things. And I think it's really important that we do honor that and, and really make room for that too, to be human. Yeah. I, I'm so glad you brought that up as well, because I think you can look at one slice of of person's life and then place like so much value on that. And then put comparison on yourself. As you mentioned earlier, you know, women sometimes good at comparison. 
Um, I believe you mentioned that earlier. But mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the thing is, is that there's so many other slices to life. If you, if you're, let's just say in a, in a vice president position, let's just say, you know, you're, you've also got a business, you're doing really well. Like how does that relationship slice look like? How does that fun and leisure slice look like? How, how does that health look like? Like there's so many different measures of success we kind of put ourselves down based on one measure when we're actually probably doing really well in one area of life and it's just working on the other pieces. Yeah. And I wanted to just put us, um, add uh, one thing about when we're talking about um, men and women, especially, you know, looking at corporate and all things. Um, I do think there's something that can feel triggering to men. Okay. <laughs> they see um, women who are in their power. Mm. And I think it's not necessarily like men or women. I think it's in general, right? It's like when you put yourself out there, there are people who are going to really resonate and people who won't. Mm. And instead of taking it personally, it's important to recognize it's a reflection of where they are at that point in time mm. and bringing a lens of openness of compassion and continuing to be you right and not I, that control you i love that you brought that up cindy because like nothing is personal even if someone says it's personal as well and i think people are quickly to shoot you down when you have something that they don't or when you trigger a limiting belief that they have. And and this doesn't just have to be corporate. This can be you losing a bunch of weight and being your fitter self. And often it's the boyfriend that feels triggered because they're like, oh crap, now I need to up my game. Um, Or or (laughs) it could just be like you becoming a content creator. And I I don't know with your reels, but I certainly know on TikTok, I can post a TikTok and there'll be varying opinions in the comments, you know, all the time. It's like when you choose to shine, whatever way that is, um, you unfortunately attract butterflies or the bright shiny things, but you also kind of attract some, uh, I don't want to sound terrible here, but moth, moth opinions too. (laughs) We're all here on our own journeys and our own paths. And I think for me, a big part of my own healing was really learning self-compassion. And practicing that. (laughs) And, and I think that what I saw as I had, as I developed more and become more, became more comfortable with all of that, I actually had so much more compassion to extend to others too. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's focus on reinventing yourself now, because that was like the third question I had earlier. Like, how does someone start to reinvent themselves? Obviously, self-compassion is going to be a huge part of this and like learning how to love yourself. What are some other things that you help people like? I don't know. It's just really hard to know what you're meant to do when you're so busy all the time. So how do you like figure out what your thing is? <laughs> I know. I think first, definitely needing to create space, needing yeah. to pause, sitting with that too. Mm. And I want to acknowledge that that's going to be uncomfortable. If you're constantly going to finally actually have 
a break in your day and your life, it's actually going to feel like something is wrong. (laughs) Hey, Holistic Fitness fam, a quick message from one of our sponsors, Ned. As you all know, I recommend good nutrition, movement, and stress management practices before supplementing so you know what type of supplementation that your body actually needs. For me, I supplement with very few products, but Ned is one of them. I'm a type A, high energy, ambitious business girly with massive goals. And sometimes I honestly just need to chill out and relax a bit. I've found that both Ned's de-stress and sleep blends fit in with my busy lifestyle and ambitious goals, but I was honestly not a big fan of CBD products before trying Ned, mostly because of the culture surrounding weed. I just didn't want something that was going to alter my state of mind so that I became much less of a goal-getter or less ambitious. That was until I learned about full-spectrum hemp and their benefits. Ned blends a chock full of premium CBD and a full spectrum hemp of active cannabinoids. Ned's full spectrum hemp oil nourishes the body's endocannabinoid system to to offer functional support for stress, sleep, inflammation, and balance. These products are science-backed, nature-based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs. All of Ned's products are... All of Ned's full-spectrum hemp oil is extracted from USDA-certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Colorado. I'm obviously a big fan, but don't take just my word for it. Ned CBD products have over 2,000 five-star reviews, and they work with incredible partners in the medical field like Dr. Caroline Leaf, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and Dr. Will Cole. Ned is providing Holistic Fitness podcast listeners a very special discount. If you'd like to give Ned a try, listeners get 15% off Ned products with the code Lori Lee, L-O-R-I-L-E-E. Thanks, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering a natural remedy to bring balance to so many people's well-being. Mm, yeah, I, I would agree with that. My biggest lesson from the pandemic was that I do not like being by myself. I'm like, I am not fighting a war right now. This is awesome. But having to be by myself sucks. <laughs> yeah. And so this is work that takes courage. Mm. And that's why it's so important to have the support, the accountability, the guide, and and really a lot of times community right? Mm. And being able and knowing that you're not alone going through this. I know that for me, um, really finding people who resonated and going out of my circles, right? Like a lot of my friends connections are in medicine. They're not entrepreneurial. They're, you know what I mean? And so it's very different, especially, you know, where I am now and and all these other things. And so I think it's really important to have all those pieces to pause, to make space. And I really think it's connecting to your fun and your spirit, Mm. bringing in the play and the wonder and the joy and that like all that like yummy goodness, you know, that we've, I think a lot of times just locked away, shoved under the rug. You know, you can't, you don't, if you don't know, if you don't allow yourself to dream and to think about, oh, that would be cool. 
that would be wonderful. I think most people maybe like start thinking about what they what they would want or or like, but they immediately shut it down because they have those limiting beliefs come up about how, oh, that's not going to work for me. Mm. That's too hard. I don't have time for that. You know, I don't know how to do it. Like she can do it, but I can't. Mm. And I think it's such a disservice to yourself because the reason it's coming up is for you to explore. Yes. And so I think about reinvention as a process, right? It's not like there's one goal and you get there. <laughs> it's going to have many versions and reiterations. But again, it's, it's letting yourself play in the sandbox. It's pausing. Mm. It's making space. It's really connecting to all parts of yourself. Mm, I love that. You brought up so many great tips, like A, being able to like create a space, be still, but B, also like surrounding yourself with the community that you wish to be a part of. And then that last piece, like with regards to like allowing yourself to dream, allow yourself to have fun. And I really think like that community aspect and the allowing yourself to dream go hand in hand because when you spend time with someone, you start being a dreamer, you start having these big goals. When you spend time with somebody who says, well, I can't be that. Well, I can't do that. You find it really difficult to spend time with people stuck in those beliefs. Because for me personally, anyway, is it's draining. I quite like being quote unquote delusional when it comes to my dreams and people that are going to shoot that down in themselves. It's not that I don't like them, but it's just from like you're attracted to a community that's going to call you higher. So all of these kind of work in tandem. 100%. And I think there's also sometimes this grief Mm, that can come about when you recognize that you're evolving and maybe some of your friends, loved ones are not able to support you in that way yeah or if they're not going on this journey with you that's hard and so I I also really want to acknowledge that you know like it's not just the positive the highs all the good but there's also a lot of other stuff you know the shadow the darker things right the challenges that is part of this but Mm. really taking it from this observer lens so that you actually have space to process it and you're not going to take it personally as best as you can right and and being able to allow yourself to feel and to move through it oh that's such a beautiful point especially that lens of the observer mm-hmm. um you know of course if you're breaking off a relationship or a friendship or creating some distance, it's going to be hard and and emotions probably will be triggered. But if you can attack it from a space of observing, and I think sometimes we get into, especially romantic relationships, um, we don't have that observer lens on. We're just like rose-colored glasses all in fireworks. Um, But if we can add a bit of observation, whether it's at the tail end or at a start, the start, you can see things more clearly. And, and that's exactly coming to this thing you've been saying throughout the whole podcast of creating space, whether that's within yourself. Well, it's usually within yourself, to be honest, um, and finding more, more spaces to be rather than do, do, do all the time. 
Yeah, we're human beings, not human doings. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, you've shared so many amazing things on this podcast. And before I move to the final question, is there anything that we haven't spoken about that you really wanted to share with the audience today? I think that it's really important to give yourself permission. And I think as women, oftentimes, not to generalize, but a lot of times we're so used to looking external mm. for guidance, for advice. You know, it's like, oh, let me call my girlfriends. Let me like, whatever. And, and, and I think that's why it's important. Like, it also depends like who, who's around you, right? <laughs> if the people are, are, you know, aren't necessarily, um, understanding of where you want to go, they may not give you that permission that you need. Mm. And so I think it's really important to write yourself a permission slip and really just bring in the fun. You know, there's so much going on, but it's, it's really being in the moment, bringing gratitude for all the little things, every little thing, right. All the things are adding up. Mm, yeah. All those little micro moments that you can find gratitude for. And I love that you spoke about consensus building consensus building can sometimes be great when it comes to like making business decisions but consensus building in your personal life of making yes. life decisions is a whole different story 100 <laughs> percent, yeah for sure like don't take this you know don't think about it as like okay it was, she's saying don't don't do any work at you know don't take any action at work <laughs> Yeah. It's like, I'm just going to do whatever I want, whatever I want without collaborating. That's not what I meant by that though. What yeah, I meant by yeah. it is that we do consensus build way too much in our personal lives. I saw it on Facebook the other day of somebody putting a major life decision out there on a Facebook post. And then I looked at the comments because I was curious and it was all these differing opinions. And I was thinking how overwhelming like how overwhelming to have this major life decision you're not sure about and then getting like 40 opinions on it. It's, it's crazy. And that's an extreme example. <laughs> but I, I think it happens a lot, right? Yeah. And I think that comes because we are so disconnected from who mm. we really are that we don't even know what we want, what feels good, what's aligned, right? And we have this lack of trust and this feeling of inadequacy, imposter syndrome, and self-doubt, and self-critics, like all these things come up because we're disconnected from our true essence. Mm. That I definitely felt that. I've really appreciated chatting to you, Cindy. We've got a final question on the podcast. I've recently just changed it based on, um, I guess, three guests ago. Um, but it's the same question, but just flipped a little bit. Um your 70 year old self. So we're, we're fast forwarding a few decades. What advice or what would she say to you right now in this moment of time? Have fun. Yay. <laughs> I love that. I can imagine a 70 year old Cindy as well, just being like, have fun, girlfriend, make the most of it. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. 
That's awesome. I think people like, um, I love chatting with people in their seventies and their eighties. They just have like so much wisdom and so much life experience that it's just, it's just wild even to think what like someone in their eighties has been through, you know, the sixties and everything that happened then. And even with the pandemic, it's wild. Yeah, you definitely get a lot more perspective after living, going through different decades of life. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, just one decade. And I'm like, wow, I'm wise. I can't be imagine, imagine how much wiser I'll be in 20 years. Jeez. <laughs> right. I, I'm sure so many people will have fallen in love like with what you've got to say, especially like so many people who listen to this podcast are the type that are always trying to get their goals and maybe burning out of it. So I know that your work will resonate with lots of people. How can we all get in touch with you and learn more about your work, Cindy? Absolutely. So a couple of ways I do share content and post regularly on social media. So my handle is at Cindy CIMD, C-I-N-D-Y-T-S-A-I-M-D, primarily on LinkedIn and Instagram. And I have my website, cindycymd.com. You're welcome to visit there. I have a bunch of free, awesome resources, including how to connect to your intuition, which is really important in order to make good aligned decisions for yourself. And then you're also welcome to check out my TEDx talk and also my best-selling self-help book. It's called So Much Better with life-changing strategies to develop calm, confidence, and curiosity to become your own inspiring success story. So that's available on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. Feel free to check it out. And I'd love to stay in touch. Awesome. And we will have all of those links in the show notes as well. So you can open up those show notes, buy the book, check check Cindy out on LinkedIn, Instagram, or wherever you're at. Thank you so much, Cindy, for joining the podcast. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much. This was great great and wherever you're listening to the holistic fitness podcast whether you're in the car cleaning the house whatever you're up to maybe you're working out eat well move well breathe well and until next time keep shining